Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Improv Chronicle podcast. I'm Lloydie. Tuesday 19th of November 2019 If there's one thing that can divide a group of improvisers quickly it's the subject of warm-ups Some people hate them and don't want to do them Some people on the other hand love them and can happily warm up for about an hour before even tackling a scene Thing is how much warming up do we really need for good improv and how much difference does it really make to an ensemble if they don't warm up I spoke to two improvisers with very different opinions in order to investigate either side of the divide and see if in these increasingly polarized times we could find some common ground. London St Pancras train station, November 2019. Ross. <laughs> hey buddy. How are you? Good man. How you doing? Yeah, very good. Uh can I get you a drink? No, I'm good. You sure? Yeah, no, I'm singing tonight. I can't. Ah, uh, no, that's fair enough. Do you want to... Uh my name is Russ Morgan. I'm a London-based improviser. I improvise with uh buffet. We do long form staccatos, we do musical and track 96, we do hip hop. A variety of different styles of improv that you do. Where are you on warm-ups? couple places actually I love warm-ups. I love warm-ups both in the show context as well as the workshop context because I sort of do both. Um in relation to shows, I'd say they're extremely good for I guess shaking off the workday. You know, a lot of my groups, you know, we have a full workday before coming to a show and it's a great way to shake that off and and really connect with each other. Um I will say that, you know, one of my groups in particular, we can feel uh when we haven't done a warm-up. and and that's reflected in in the offers and the risks that we take uh when on stage we're we're less bold uh, and we're less daring if you would without that that warm up and that initial push of energy some people feel very self-conscious during warm-ups and so they don't like to do them they like to kind of just get on the stage and then they feel they can do the thing that they want to do so what would you say to someone like that Look, there's a couple perspectives when it comes to warm-ups. I think one which is very clear, look, as I mentioned before, it's a great way to shake off your day, um but in some cases using that day to help inform your scenes is a really great strategy as well. Um what I would say with people, I'm always about this idea of challenge by choice, right? Do what makes you feel comfortable. So, uh what I would say is find a warm-up that works for you and try to delve into it and look, if you're not comfortable doing warm-ups, teach their own. I'm not going to force someone to do a warm-up that doesn't want to. Well, that seems conciliatory. This seems promising. 
back to my city of Nottingham and I had a chat with my pal Neil Curran. Neil was visiting from Dublin and I know he hates warm-ups, like really hates them. So on the way back from the pub, after a quick drink, okay, a couple of quick drinks, I brought up the subject and I braced myself. Well, you see, the challenge at warm-ups is they're they're like gone off Marmite. The argument that some people like it and hate it becomes rather null very quickly because it's gone off. I don't like warm-ups and I have a problem, I have a strange relationship with warm-ups. So my signature show is a show I do on my own. Well, as in I go out on stage and like an audience member and you can't do zip-zap boing on your own in in a green room. Uh, so to me, a warm-up is just getting in the head, getting in the zone, you know, getting in the right headspace. Depending on the venue, you may be doing some vocal warm-ups, which you know, obviously goes without saying. But outside of that, actually, I'm going to pick you up on that. Vocal warm-ups go without saying. Why? Well, because if we're moving from a space of having a conversation or not talking into a room where we've got a projector voice, our voice will take 10 to 15 minutes to really get to that, you know. Is that based on a scientific study? It was a drama teacher who taught me that years ago, and I had a feeling you'd ask that question. I was hoping you wouldn't. <laughs> so, but it, I mean, it, it does kind of feel appropriate. I've just dug myself into a hole now, haven't I? Uh, but it, it also it kind of is a nice way of uh, you know getting your voice warmed up in case you're doing shouty scenes in your show and you're not straining your voice as a result of that. Neil, Mister Anti Warm Ups, recognizes the benefits of a vocal warm-up. Well, this is looking even more positive. I took some time to think about this yesterday when I was doing warm-ups with my Level 2 musical improv students. I do scales with them almost automatically. Why? Why am I doing that with them? What am I gaining? What are they gaining? Today, I visited a speech and language therapist, Claire Allen. For me, as a speech and language therapist, your voice is the most important thing that you have. And so therefore, I would really encourage people to value their voice. Um, and therefore, if you value it, I would advocate having a warm up. Um, I would say that it is like having a musical instrument. Um, you wouldn't go into a piano recital and not do a few scales beforehand. Um, and so therefore, if you're going to be using your voice, if you're going to be projecting your voice, if you're going to be singing in your improv, then I would really advocate that you um, give it a chance to um, do that bit of a warm up, that bit of a run through before you absolutely go for it. I also think you need to understand the complexity of your voice and how voice is produced. Um, there is multiple muscles uh, which are controlling the lungs and the vocal cords and your mouth and your teeth and your lips that create those beautiful sounds with your voice. Um, and in order to protect it, you want to have time to encourage it to be flexible, to be able to move at speed, um, to move those mouth muscles quickly Um if you're about to do a race, you wouldn't go for a race and not do a warm-up beforehand, so why would you not do that with your voice? So what does it achieve by warming it up the voice? I think it just gets it ready. I think that you're... Um, if you think that before you go out for a race, you're stretching your arms and your legs, um, what you're doing is you're actually just lubricating your vocal cords, you're getting your mouth and your tongue moving at speed. Um, and so from that point of view... We can talk very easily. Um, We don't have to warm up before we talk. But if you're going to be doing improv where you're going to be projecting and using muscles um, and using um, pitch and intonation changes to add um, expression, then it does no harm in order to get those muscles ready and, and really alert and active. Back to Neil Curran. 
He gets the idea of warming up vocally. So what is it that has him so against warming up in general? Well, I, I, they make me uncomfortable in one hand. I become very self-conscious with, with warm-ups. I don't know why that is. As, as a teacher, I, I love sharing warm-ups with uh, classes like icebreakers and things like that. And sometimes we're part of it. But doing it before a show just kind of feels out of place. One, there's an energy burn. You know, we talk about getting the energy levels up. Uh, but then we're also expand burning energy in preparation for going out on stage to entertain an audience. And sometimes I'll see, you know, when you're at festivals and you see different groups warming up. And when I see groups doing scenes or, you know, half, half-ass scenes before, as part of their warm-up, that makes me kind of feel that we're burning energy and we're burning creative juices. That's not in a way that's getting us ready for the show. Okay, I'm beginning to get it. Neil just has a different way of warming up. There's stuffy values and stuff that doesn't work for him. Fine. Back to Russ. What works for him? Uh, in, in relation to shows, obviously, if it's a musical show, uh, you definitely need to warm up that voice because otherwise your voice is going to be breaking throughout the song. Uh, f- with relation to my long-form groups, uh, it is all about getting in that right headspace, getting a little bit crazy. We do an exercise called uh, Character Bomb where you do 10 different characters extremely quickly uh, and it just forces you to get out of the you know Excel spreadsheets and emails of the world. I was talking to Neil Curran and he talked about burning energy because he wants to burn his energy on the stage and give his energy to the audience. Is there a danger that in warm-ups you use up energy you could be using in the show? Sure. I think it's where you get energy from, ultimately. You know, for me, warm-ups are a great energy builder. So I'm not going on stage cold because I, I've done it before where I've shown up to a show a little bit late just before we go on. We go on and I, I have less energy on stage than as if I had a warm-up. So um, for me, I get energy from other people. I get energy from interacting for other people. And a warm-up enables me, enables me to, to go in on my peak. Russ wants to be at peak performance. Come on, Neil. Surely you get that. I think that's fair enough. And it's whatever works for you. You know, some people eat pizza or curry in the bath. Most people don't. If that's what makes you happy, then do it. If you want to do scenes before your show, if you want to play Zip Zap Boeing, um, I've talked to people who have very specific warm-ups they do, then great. But, uh, you know, with Neil Plus One, where I've been in green rooms on my own and no one even says, hey, would you like me to warm up with you? I just learned that I can't warm up anyway with that show. And then with my duo partner... We just shoot the breeze before the show and we don't do any uh, warm-ups, physical warm-ups, and that works for us. So <laughs> what, do you, what do you do when you are in a show that, say, you're guesting in and you've got all of these people doing whatever it is, anything from... I, I've been to um, shows where people actually get on their yoga pants and do, like, a full 15-minute stretch routine before they even get into, like, the warm-up games. Um, what, what do you do in that situation as someone who doesn't like to warm up? Well, OK, so I try and make excuses or turn up late, if possible. But I did have an, in- did have an incident last year. No yoga pants, thankfully. So there was, like, I don't know, 20 of us or so. And, the one- and this is not a knock at the people behind it. They're wonderful. Um, but they told us we were going to do some warm-up before show and that was my idea of hell I was like there's nowhere for me to run and we did a couple of exercises and it was like walking on glass for me because it was pushing me well out of my comfort zone into a space of I don't know if I need to be pushed out of this comfort zone for me I'd be happy enough sitting in the audience or sitting in the dressing room just you know mentally getting myself into a nice mood ready for the show I get it no one wants to be in a bad headspace before doing a show 
I see Neil's point there. But it's not just shows that we use warm-ups for, of course. Russ Morgan, one more time. Yeah, absolutely. I think warm-ups play a very critical role uh, in relation to workshop and teaching improv. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if you obviously teach a lot of improv and if someone is new to improv, especially in our case, new to hip hop improv, there's a lot of anxiety and apprehension. It takes a lot of bravery just to step into that door, uh, through that door. And by having a very uh, relatively gentle warm up uh, makes it feel a lot more accessible. You know, this whole if then then that it like if this is comfortable and easy and fun to do, then, you know, the rest of this workshop will be easy, interesting and fun to do. So I'm going to be a lot braver and, and, you know, delve into it that much more. In a podcast like this, I can try to be informative, but this podcast can't ever be definitive. And certainly not on a topic like this. I think the last word belongs to Claire Allen, not an improviser but a speech and language therapist. Personally, I wouldn't do a whole half an hour. I would think that actually the muscles are used regularly because you use your voice every day over and over again. So it's not that you're trying to build something up. It's actually you're trying to just get something going. So I think short, effective warm-up is probably what I would choose to do personally. Next time on the Improv Chronicle podcast. mantra of support. What do we mean in improv when we talk about support? And how do we quantify what on-stage support and off-stage support is needed in our art form? As the number of shows and teams grows around the world, how much do we really have each other's backs? The Improv Chronicle podcast is produced and presented by me, Lloydie James Lloyd. Please subscribe and rate us on your favourite podcast app, And if you have an idea for a possible episode, get in touch via the website improvchronicle.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 